This is episode number 87 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we talk with Chris Kilala from Jesus Culture about their latest projects, about their conferences. There's some really cool encouragement for both musicians and worship leaders. I really love the part we have talked about discipleship, and uh, I think you're going to be just tremendously blessed by this conversation. You might want to listen to it a couple times through, and I think there's a lot to be learned for all of us as we listen through. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 87. Um, called Let It Echo. So that's been our, that's what we're, the release is Friday, so we've been uh, sort of busy getting ready for the release. But yeah, we started a church a little over a year ago. Yeah. So at the time of the recording, our church actually wasn't even a year old yet. Hmm. And um, so all these songs that we've been writing over the past year, um, we were able to lead at the church over about six weeks and record all those services and then sort of took all the takes our, you know, our favorite takes and moments from those and put it on an album. So it's a really special album. It's our first like album that we actually were able to lead the songs more than once. Uh, <laughs> so that was, that was cool. We actually got rid of some of the songs and pulled in some other songs that just, we felt like, you know, were a better fit for the album, but this typically our, all of our albums were recorded at a conference or, you know, um, just over a couple sessions. So most of the time, the first time we we're ever playing the song live, for ourselves were at the actual recording and those are the takes that ended up on CD because we don't, that was the only time we had so it was cool to be able to record them at a church and and really spend some time and too like it, it these songs just felt really personal um you know just individ- not only individually but also as um as a church these songs were just uh really personal and not just for us but also for our church so they felt it felt really special I'm really we're really excited about this this album so that's that's been uh, what we've been up to. That's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. was this like a wasn't an intentional decision on your guys' part to like okay, let's not have this be a conference recording this time, or did it just kind of just the way that all worked out? Like maybe speak a little to that. It was definitely um, intentional. We've we've always wanted to do that, and um, and I, it just felt like it was the right time to um, to sort of make that that type of album, you know. And um, we had all. Um, not just as a church, but individually, we had been through a lot in the last year. Um, you know, I mentioned even just on the album about my wife and I losing our son and sort of just that process and how some of the songs came out of um, just, uh, you know, our journey of, of encountering God in the midst of pain. And and um, and our church also at the same time walking through that with us. So you know, a lot of the songs come from um, just a, a deep place. And so it just felt right to record with our church who, you know, we've just been doing life together and community together and and building a worship culture together. So <clears throat> it was definitely intentional and um, and uh, and an amazing time to do it at our, at our local church. It was right, actually, probably the fifth fifth or sixth week of the recording or weekend of the recording was like our church anniversary, one year anniversary. So it's just like, it was just a really special, um, it was a special time, special recording. You're building a new worship culture at, at your church. Could you maybe speak to that too? I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are going to be listening to this or maybe starting a church at a church plan or just coming in. Like you got, like what, what have you, what, what did you guys set up? Like when you began, like what, what have you seen from the start and what did, what do you see coming of that at this point? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it was a huge shift because for years, you know, we were obviously involved in a local church and based out of a local church, but um, a lot of our ministry was traveling and, you know, doing conferences or 
one night events and and so which is amazing you know we get to see God show up and we hear just um, amazing things that God God does in those times but to actually build a worship culture um, you know day in day out as many people listening probably know um, it's a lot more work and it's it's you know it's People come to a conference or anywhere, you know, no matter what, if it's more putting on or, you know, whatever, people come excited and ready to go. And there's something about that that people just are naturally um, expectant. But uh, every Sunday showing up and, and, and building something is a holy, is a totally different experience, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and it is that, you know, it, we've seen a lot of breakthrough over the last year and a half. And, I think it's even just more rewarding just um, every week, just, you know, seeing people step out, um, whether it's someone, you know, even uh, lifting their hands or, or whatever, just experiencing freedom. You know, there's people that aren't even saved that have been coming and just say, you know, you, you hear afterwards, they'll come up to one of us and say, you know, I don't know what this is, but, you know, I, I know that I've, I've felt something or whatever it is. So it's just been really rewarding. And I was actually really challenged, um, you know, it was about three three months into the, um, the church plant and I wasn't leading for the first time. Um, so I was, I was just out and, uh, I saw this, this young, this dad kind of like coax his younger teen, teenage kids to like sort of come up front. It was kind of this goofy, like he was calling them, Hey, come on up there. And they kind of rolled their eyes, but eventually they, they came up to the front for worship and I was just kind of watching it. And I was actually convicted. I, I felt like God said, you know, don't judge, um, other people's freedom according to your freedom or what you've experienced because it's going to look different. And, you know, for some people to even be in the building is a huge step for them or for someone to raise their hands or for someone to actually, you know, sing out um, is a huge step for them. And so, and it just reminded me of, you know, the first time I ever lifted my hands in a worship service and and how scary it was and, you know, just lifting your hands and surrender to God and and allowing Him to come and and minister was huge. So it just reminded me of, you know, of, of that moment that I encountered God when I was like 14 in worship and that many people coming on Sundays are maybe experiencing that for the first time. So mm-hmm. it's been awesome. That, that was probably a long answer, but That's it's great. just been, it's amazing to, to build a community week after week. Yeah. Um, so I love it. What's your, um, what's your role or title at, at Jesus Culture now since it's a church? Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. I guess I'm the, the worship pastor. Although I'm trying to get people to call me Father Christopher, and it's caught on. With, <laughs> it's caught on with a few people. But no, yeah, I'm. I'm the worship pastor. Um, our guitar player Jeffrey, he's the music director, so he, in, he handles probably more of. The, he's a music music major, so he handles a lot more of the um, sort of technical side of things. You know, as far as um, our new musicians learning songs and stuff, but then, you know, I'm the worship pastor. We have, we meet with our teams, um, all together once a month. And then, you know, just throughout the week with individuals and stuff. So yeah, our drummer is, he he never plays drums. He only does sound and he's like leading, helping lead the production team and the sound team. And so it's been really cool to see even just within our own core Jesus culture team, just everybody kind of step up and, and sort of make that shift from being just kind of sons, you know, for lack of a better word at like a, at a, at a church we were in to actually having to be like fathers in this house and this local expression of Jesus culture and really grow up and, and, um, 
and learn how to to mentor people and stuff like that. So it's been it's been awesome. It's been a, a very very good experience for us. So far. are you are you cutting back like how much you're on the road now, or how has, has things changed for you? Um, we aren't actually. So it's uh, last year um, I missed a few trips just because we had we had a baby. And, um, but for the most part, we're more just probably being more strategic with, um, our travel and trying our best to, to be home for, for every, every Sunday we can. So yeah, a lot of travel still. I think we're gone this next, this current year, we'll be gone probably about a hundred days, which, which isn't a ton, but it's still a lot because we have families and stuff, but I'm, I'm curious what the what surprises you guys have had? Um, because Jesus culture and Bethel probably aren't too dissimilar. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that there's been some surprises along the way as you guys have established your own church, uh, family. So I'm wondering if you could speak to that. Um, surprises, you know, yeah. Like growing up in Bethel was just an amazing, it was an amazing experience. And yeah, we still go up there a lot, super connected with everybody there. I think the biggest like I was mentioning earlier, the biggest thing is just learning to be fathers. Now that we are, we're sort of it, you know, we're, we're the ones that are leading this thing and what that looks like as far as us just growing up and, um, taking on a lot more responsibility, but also just, um, excited to, to see other people raised up and other people, you know, sort of, you know, be where we were at in, in that, in the community up at Bethel, just, um, raising people up to hopefully see them go further than we have and stuff. So it's been a huge shift. That's probably been, and not that we weren't aware of that going into it, but it's definitely been a, a more of a challenge and, and, but also very rewarding to sort of make that transition of, like I said, being a, like a, for lack of better words, fathers in a movement and, and in, in a community. Um, you know, that's been awesome. And, and we get people, we get people coming, you know, because they've heard CDs or whatever and, and passing through or people that are going to Bethel and then they're making their way down because we're only about two and a half hours south. Um, the, the people that come in, they'll go to a service and then come to a service um, down in Sacramento. And um, that stuff's been cool. I think people get over that this is a Jesus culture church like really quick and, and find out that we're just we're just trying to figure things out as well. And and, you know, it's it's probably a lot more raw than people uh, <laughs> coming. People probably realize and then when they get there, like, oh, the, the, you know, th they're making playing wrong chords and, you know, forgetting the lyrics and, and stuff like we all do. So it's it's been really cool. I think it's just it, feel, it has sort of a real organic feel. And we're, as we're still trying to figure things out. Um, but I don't know if that answers your question, but I think every Sunday is a surprise. <laughs> So. No, I think that's use, useful because I think a lot of times, you know, people get comparison game. Um, and actually, I'd be curious to, to hear you speak to that because you guys are more on the polished or professional end of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, w w how do you feel about that towards people comparing themselves to you or you guys comparing yourself to somebody else? Um, yeah. And if you could speak to somebody who's struggling with that. You know, I mean, that's a, that's something we all face, I guess, isn't it? We always, you know, for one, we want to be inspired by people and we want to be excellent. Um, but in truth, you know, we're all created um, to be who, who we are 
in God and, and we're all created to be the best, you know, us that we can be as individuals, you know, um, because we, you know, I can only bring, um, I can only bring what God's given me to the table and that's needed. And, and you can only bring what you can, you can bring to the table and, and that's needed and it's different. It's unique. And so for us, just realizing as we've gone and as we grow that, um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but just that, that we have something as individuals specific to give, you know, for me, I mean, you can even break it down, you know, for me to, for me to sing a song or record a song, um, you know, it might, it might have a certain amount of impact, but maybe, um, Kim singing the same song may have a way bigger impact because it was, the song was meant for her. There's even, for instance, on the new album, there's a song that I wrote that I was just feeling like, I don't, this doesn't feel like I should sing it. I feel like Kim needs to be the one that sings this song. And, and so she brings herself and, and everything to that song and, and it's amazing. So I think you just got to kind of let go and say, God, I just want to, you obviously, yes, learn and be mentored and take feedback from people, but also just realize that God's given you something specific and only you can, um, can bring that to whatever environment, um, or realm of influence that you have. And, and you being yourself is going to make the greatest impact as opposed to, um, sort of trying to re replicate or reproduce um what you see other people doing not to say that we aren't inspired like i said i read a quote once that said um inspiration is like an alarm clock um to, to what's already inside you and it really you know spoke a lot to me because i love being inspired by whether it's different bands or um just different individuals you know heroes and in worship, Martin Smith, Matt Redman, all these people. Um, but it shouldn't just stop there. It's, you know, yeah, be inspired, but, but realize that God's put something in you that's feeling inspired by those people and, and you can grow upon that and, and bring something unique in those things. So anyhow, I'm rambling, but <laughs> we all compare ourselves, but no, I, I think the biggest thing is just realizing that everybody has something unique and special to bring. Sure. Do you, do you feel like, was there ever a struggle in your, like, life as a worship leader to like relinquish some of that okay i'm gonna let i'm gonna let kim lead this or i'm gonna let someone else i'm gonna set someone else up for success was that ever a struggle with you and i guess if it wasn't um you know what would you say to somebody who feels like well i gotta be the front person like i'm, I'm the worship leader you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm paid to do this this is you know this is my gifting this is my calling like how what would you say to somebody who feels like maybe they're they feel like they need to be like the the lead worshiper well i mean that's a huge that's a huge subject. And I think we all experience that probably at some level for me, I don't really, really love naturally love being like in front of people or I get, I get nervous. I still get nervous. Even just leading in a small group. It's like, yeah. I loved, I was totally fine being on the drums for years. I played drums for years at, at Bethel or even just with Jesus culture in the early days I was playing drums and it was always like a huge sort of, thing for me to actually I'd get like stomach aches like just getting on stage and um so but no, all that to say I, I you know you definitely experience you know like moments of hey you know what about me or and I think it's just important to realize um that uh you know sometimes I think God will will bless others around you with favor and sort of different levels of influence. And sometimes you can be tested to see how you, you're going to respond to that. And you can almost see where your heart's at. If, if someone's, you know, being, um, you know, you see someone in, in, growing in favor and, and whatever, and you, in, in your heart, you feel jealousy or you feel, um, 
you know, hey, well, what about me? It's almost like you get, it's a good check and, and to see where your heart's at and why you're doing what you're doing, because ultimately you want to see people succeed and, and go further than than you can. And and I think if that if you can have that attitude, um, God's going to bless you. But uh, I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, I, th- I guess we just try. You know, I, I just want we just want God to be made famous. It's funny in this church in the church community culture. It's like you know, people get certain levels of recognition or Instagram followers or Twitter or Facebook, whatever. It's like all irrelevant, I think, hmm. in the grand scheme of things. It's like ultimately we want people to leave talking about Jesus, whether it's at a conference or people here in a CD. We want people to be talking about Jesus. And if if Kim's singing a song or the Torwaltz or whoever it is, like we just want we just want God God to minister to those. And I think that's, I mean, that's the ultimate, right? Just Just people leave talking about God and that's the lasting fruit. So, hey, how did you um, how did you go from playing drums to becoming a worship leader? Like, did somebody ask you to start leading worship? Or, well, I I started playing drums when I was twelve. I was somewhat self taught, somewhat taught by like a drummer in our youth group at the time, and so um, from there I was just playing drums anywhere. Like, you know, whether it was at like a you know, at the age of 12, I remember, I think one of the first times I, times I played live was like at a 30s something year old, uh, singles group. And I was just like, what, what is this? But I was just stoked to be able to play. And, and so I just played a ton whenever I could. And, and, um, uh, but then as I started leading worship, probably when I was about 16 or so, um, I didn't lead a ton. So every time I got up, it just felt like, uh, like the first time. So I, I probably led, you know, once every couple months and, um, eventually just got to the place where banning the director of Jesus culture was like, Hey, you know, I, f- I really see this in you and I, I feel like you're st- supposed to step into it more, whether it's songwriting or there's, or, or worship leading and, and I'm going to keep pushing you. And, and for me, he always saw more and more in me than I saw myself. So I was, he was constantly challenging me to, to songwrite and, Brian and Jen, they were all encouraging me to lead, and even though I was their drummer, and um, so it was just kind of a thing over the years. Probably um, in about at about 2009 is where I, I started doing a lot more worship leading than than drumming. I think that's about where we recorded "Come Away" or or something like that. But anyhow, yeah, it was just a, a journey. I played some I played drums primarily up until about that point, and then started leading a ton and playing drum not playing drums at all. So. Did you ever take vocal lessons? No, I haven't. Um, I want to. <laughs> I, I I need to. But that's uh, crazy. I mean, I, I saw you. I saw you last late last year live, and I was pretty blown away about at, at how good your voice sounded live. And it sounded, you know, it didn't have that. A lot of people sound different on the CD than than they do live. But man, I was I was pretty I was pretty impressed after that. Oh well, that's super encouraging. I must must have been having a good day. <laughs> Where was that at? It was at Wave Church in oh, okay. uh, Virginia Beach. Yeah, that was fun. That was yeah. awesome. It was a great. It was night. like super stormy. I remember. We <laughs> yeah, had, yeah. Anyhow, cool. Chris, can you, as you guys have been writing and recording these songs, um, can you kind of speak about the process of? coming from just having the song to getting the band and the arrangements and, and basically bringing it from, from demos to, to what we hear recorded. Yeah. Um, 
this song, or sorry, this album was probably different than others in the sense that I, um, the previous albums, I do a lot more writing with our guitar player and keyboard player. Um, this, this album was stuff that I either worked, started on my own as far as the song process, or a lot of them are co-written with um, people I had just met through, um, through sort of our partnership with Capital. Um, and, and so, um, for instance, the bulk of the songs I actually wrote with, with a guy who I'd only written with once. Um, he came to my house, stayed at my house for five days and he was, he was living there with me. And then we'd have different songwriters come in and out every day. And, um, sort of, he put some production and stuff around the songs, um, on his own. And then maybe a month or so later, I showed the rest of the band and we started sort of, um, chipping away at different ideas and, and stuff. And we were tweaking those sort of pre-production ideas. And then it wasn't up until, uh, I think late July that we actually all got, or August that we actually all got into a studio and were playing physical instruments as opposed to, uh, the virtual sort of reason and stuff like that. So it wasn't up until probably um, a month before the album, we started recording the album that we were actually on our instruments, trying these ideas, changing ideas, um, scrapping complete arrangements because they didn't feel right and, and starting from the ground up. So it really, we just kind of get in the studio. We, we, you know, again, pull from, you know, any sort of inspiration we hear from bands that we love and, um, you know there's been songs where we felt like oh this is a really cool musical arrangement it's it's forward thinking and then feel just don't feel right about it like you know for whatever reason and scrap it because you know ultimately too we want people to hear these songs and 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 say hey we can let's play this on sunday and and sometimes i feel we're trying to find that balance you know of of progressing and growing as a, as artists, but also we want the songs to be tangible to where, you know, someone could hear it and say, well, I, I can play that with my band. Um, we, we may not have all these sounds and pieces to it, but for the most part, you know, drums, piano, guitar, we can, we can hear the song and play it. So that was sort of the idea going into this album. We wanted people to be able to, to hear the songs and at least for the most part, hear the meat and potatoes, if you will, and, and be able to take it back to their worship teams and lead them on Sundays and, and stuff like that. So. And what kind of uh, gear are you using these days? Like as far as your guitar, your guitar rig? Yeah. Um, let's see. My father-in-law works for Martin guitars. So I'm, I, uh, not only does he have a beautiful daughter, which I, um, obviously married. Uh, he, he is an amazing guitar player and works for Martin guitar. So he's always got these amazing, like, you know, you'll look inside, I'll say like one of a hundred or so. Um, he actually got me, they got me a Martin acoustic and I hardly ever leave from acoustic, but this album, I use that, that acoustic a lot. Um, and I'm using a, through Brian Johnson's recommendation, a K and K, trinity um sort of mic and pickup system that goes so it's got a mic in the sound hole and then a stereo output and it goes into a little preamp where you can then send um front of house you know two two channels one being a mic one being 
a pickup and they can, you know, sort of separate EQ and, and volume and pick their levels from there on their own. So it gives a little more options. That's my acoustic setup. And then in-ears, we're using um, 1964s now, um, the Adele's, the A12s. Um, and those have been, have been great so far. They've been super generous. Um, I don't know how detailed you want us to get. <laughs> I Are you still going. playing electric at all? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a really good relationship with um, Gretsch, and um, they're just a phenomenal company. Actually, when um, my wife and I lost our son, like Fred Gretsch sent us a, a, a personal card that was just sort of like, you know, we're praying for you. And um, wow. so, yeah, like super super generous and, and relational company. And so I have, um, I've been playing a black Panther, um, which is like, uh, it's got, a, it's got a, um, center block. Um, but it's like a semi-hollow, but it's got a center block going down the middle to sort of help, you know, with feedback and what have you. Um, <clears throat> so I play that a lot and that's super fun. Um, I have a jazz master, uh, American jazz master, Fender Jazzmaster that I love too. Those it's like completely different from the Panther. It's cleaner but pretty bitey. And um, as far as pedals, I'm like, you know, how it is a worship leader. Like you can't get too crazy with pedals <laughs> while you're leading. But I got, I use um, Emerson pedals. Um, I have their uh, what is it? Like their EM Clean Boost um, and their Emerson Overdrive. Um, I just use an RV5, Boss RV5 Reverb. Uh, I have a Tap-A-Whirl, <laughs> but I, it's, uh, that's a tremolo pedal. I use it like probably on one song every three months. <laughs> um, delay, I use a... Oh, what am I using? Um, I completely forgot the name. I don't use it a ton. So I'm pretty simple with my, my pedals. Jeffrey has got, Jeffrey, our guitar player, has got like a whole NASA control center <laughs> set up. It's pretty intense. What amps but, are you running for? Um, we have, uh, Jeffrey has um, an endorsement through Bad Cat amps um, and Jackson amps. They're a custom um, amp company. I think they're out of, just outside of Dallas, Texas. Um, not to be mistaken with Jackson guitars. <laughs> They're like a boutique Jackson amps, like amp works like a boutique uh, amp maker. So yeah, they've been great. They've been really generous and, and we use them at our church as well. So got a, got two, I forget the models he's using. Actually, I think Jeffrey has a signature line um, called the Luca. Um, and yeah, so we're using those amps. We use uh, Vox ac30s here and there too we have some of the older ones yeah you know it's actually refreshing that you don't know what your pedals are because i think sometimes guys get so uh gear obsessed yeah that uh it's it's nice to you know get some simplicity going on there um i, I think that's a question i have is is um just space how, how do you what would you say to a guy who's got all these pedals he's got the starship enterprise going um, how, how do you find your footing in the right place to play and not to play and all that? Oh man, it's, 
like Jeffrey's, he's kind of got it down. I think, you know, it just takes a lot. You learn, start learning, like how is, is this adding to the song or taking away? And, and I think, um, a lot of it's trial and error, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we have, we have, we had one guitar player that was coming out with us for a while who had like one, one pedal. He'd show up with a tuner pattern and he was just killer. He's playing with one of our artists and, you know, I just think, you know, if it's adding to the song, then great. Um, Jeffrey somehow has all these pedals and, and finds a way to use them. I personally, they, they get in the way for me. So I don't know if that's just a worship leader thing. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a, a guitar player. Um, like I said, I started on drums. So for me, guitar is, um, I still feel a little bit awkward. Um, so getting into the pedals sometimes gets a little bit distracting to me, but I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it's awesome if, if you find these, these really cool sounds. And I, we actually got to meet Jeffrey and I, this guitar player na named Nels Klein, who plays with a band we love called Wilco and just phenomenal guitar player. And he was, when we talked to him afterwards, he was just so cool about like, he's like, man, I don't know, you know, whatever true bypass this and that you know it doesn't matter to me i just as long as it it sounds sounds good or feels right i don't really get too concerned on fancy cables and <laughs> what what pedal i'm playing or guitar i'm playing so more comes down to feel and stuff so it doesn't hurt if you're you play as well as nels does but uh... <laughs> exactly i'm like you can say that you can say that and get away with it yeah no, but I think that's encouraging for guys because, you know, we were talking earlier about comparison. A lot of guys get feel like a pressure to be something or, or to have some piece of gear, and that'll make them legitimate. So I think that's really encouraging for a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any, um, we kind of wind it up here, but do, do you have any advice for young worship leaders, any encouragement for people that are just getting started, you know, just wide-eyed coming into their first, you know, part-time, full-time position at a church? What would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, the secret place with God has to be um, where everything comes out of. You know, we can only really give away what we have. And um, so it, it is a challenge, you know, as you're busy and, you know, you have people, you know, for us, we all have families and kids. But I think it's important that we remember that um, we can only give away what we have. So getting before God and just in that secret place and getting filled up. And, and ministering out of that overflow is huge, you know, and we can only give people Jesus and that's, and that's, you know, that's the goal. So leading from that, that place, you can't go wrong. Apart from that, you know, always, we always want to grow and, and become excellent in our gifts. So practicing obviously is, is huge and learning new songs and, yeah. um, you know, you know, I'm always just super inspired when I get to hang out with people that are better than me, um, you know, even just growing up, that's how I got to be so much um, more confident on my instrument, you know, take drums, for instance, playing with musicians that were just way better than me that would come through town, um, guest worship leaders and stuff where, where I was by far the weakest link on stage. You know, you can either take it as a discouragement and, and give up, or you can take it as, you know, hey, I, I'm in, I feel inspired. I, I want to become better. So just constantly surrounding yourself with people that are are better, better and more experienced than you are, and sort of gleaning from them is huge. And 
Mm-hmm. If you can take it as a as an inspiration, as opposed to like we were talking about earlier, as a comparison thing, um, you can only grow. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's it for this week's episode. As always, head over to thechurchcollective.com, Hit that contact button. We want to connect with you. We want to connect you with others. If you have a moment, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps us connect with more worship leaders over there. The big thing is we want to help you become better at what you do and live in a place of community. So God bless you today.